0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Welcome to the Ball Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 254 of East Centralia's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrell. Uh Today, I'm joined by my forever co-host, Dakota Davis.
0: That's right. Today's episode features the two of us, and then we are also joined by Brian Nichols of The Brian Nichols Show. This isn't the first time he's been on, and he's going to be helping us talk to our returning guest, the esteemed Mr. Tom Saunders, who has been our state representative. Now. What? <laughs> Zach. Oh,
2: no.
1: I was going to say my swan song, but I Please not.
0: mute the computer. <laughs>
1: Are we getting an instant message? Was somebody hitting us on the ICQ? What happened over there? I don't know. <laughs> is it, mute That's better, whatever it is. This time. I would mute the That's laptop funny. or mute, mute that computer. I kind of
2: like the guy that does the NBC thing. wrong. <laughs> yes. <drunk>. yeah.
0: NBC. <laughs> yeah. So the retiring Tom Saunders is with us. Yes. And, uh, for well, for those of you who don't know, the reason that that just happened is we just re- redid the whole studio. So things got unplugged and restarted, and the settings got changed. But. Uh, we think we have, we thought we had the kinks worked out, but now we now we hope that was the last one. But yeah, Tom is with us in the studio tonight, and uh, we 're going to be talking to Tom about um, a little bit at the front of the show, uh, maybe suspending the gas tax we 've talked about that before um, we asked all of the district fifty four state rep candidates that ran for the Republican Party. We asked them that question, and then we 're going to be talking to Tom about all of the time that he spent at the state House. Um, by my calculation 26 years because you got in office the same day I was born i was going to say how old are you <laughs> <laughs> um, so January 1st of 96
2: yeah yeah well,
1: yeah
0: that's it's, that's oh, what it says on your state house yeah, bio
1: yeah i think i was
2: elected in november of
0: 96 oh okay you so yeah you were of 97 on your yeah. first birthday tom yeah, was sworn in my first birthday is a special day all around <laughs> <laughs> Something We're going to hear any funny stories that Tom can tell that now that he's not running for a state representative, and I'm looking forward to that because you always have good stories. But well, I'm studio. writing a book
2: too, so I've been waiting oh. until I was done. So that's Man,
0: in the that's works.
1: what guys running for governor say. Yeah. Well, I'm not running. For
2: governor. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm done.
1: Stick a fork in. It. <laughs> Just saying, it's an open seat in two I, years. I don't know what they're going to uh, do. It's
2: not gonna be I've always said I wanted to draw a cartoon and have a telephone pole and the wires and have the the vultures sitting on there, waiting on Tom to drop so they could swoop <laughs> in and take the seat. i didn't know it was going to be eight there were eight of them, <laughs> and there was one that wasn't there, I thought would be, so
1: you never know. Uh, All right. Well, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully, you'll always learn something new. Like just a little bit of a tell-all from Tom tonight. Uh, We just did 20 minutes on Patreon, and it was a wandering, fun a lot of different topics. We got into everything, uh, and there was no flow, which is exactly the way we like to do it around here.
0: Mm -hmm. We like to cover a lot of topics in a short amount of time. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, we did uh, Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty, or you can go to Boss Hog of and click the Support Now button, and that is where you can go to support the show on a monthly level by monetary donations. That's how we pay for the studio. That's how we pay for all kinds of things. Um, all of the updates, I've, I did make a post in the Facebook group because if you sign up at Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty, you get access to our own Facebook group that is exclusive to those supporters. You also get uh, a bunch of different perks. Sometimes we send out little gifts in the mail, um, and those are all exclusive to those folks. So, Patreon.com/slash Boss of Liberty, and if you sign up at fifty dollars or more a month, then you get a shout out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Mr. Jonathan Phillips, Mr. Anthony Meyer, and then Miss Christy Avery,
1: the awesome and incredible Miss Christy Avery. All right. So, Tom, we thought you were done being a state representative. You were retired. You've got a picture of the last time you've walked out. And now there's this th- there's two things happening, I guess. It, gas is like 450 a gallon. Right. And at the end of the last session, there were some some leadership on the Democrat side that said, hey, we need to spend the gas tax. And it didn't really go anywhere. And then gas kind of dipped back down. And then the Ukrainian war-, war popped up. And now this last week or two, there's been a lot more discussion from the, it, Democrats, it, like. from the Democrats and from the, the media, the Indy star is, is acting like there's stuff happening
2: WIBC and
1: WIBC, yeah. pull your mic in towards you. WIBC also. Yep. Yeah. So uh, my boy kick, kickback Kendall, Rob Kendall has been uh, dr- beating the drum mm-hmm. friend, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a, a technical day or a cleanup day where you guys, is it your governor veto override day? What is it that's supposed to happen? It's, next it's a week?
2: technical it's... correction day and the governor's veto, um, there's, they sent us a list the other day of, of the technical corrections, and ordinarily, historically, you're correct in commas and cross and T's and dot and I's, but there's a section six of the bill that is new language. It has to do with assessments. I don't think it's good for locals, and I don't, personally don't think we should be voting on it. I sent a text to the speaker and said, uh, this is new language. This is not historically how we do this. But I didn't get a reply. So.
1: <laughs> Before we turn the mics back on, you reminded us that you're either the third or the fourth most tenured person in the general Assembly on the Republican, on the Republican side. side. So you would know what the past history is for that sort right. of thing. Yeah they yeah. don't like history. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and I, I keep bringing that up. I hope the person that replaces me remembers where they came from and who elect them. And keep reminding people. I said, no wonder they think we're crooks. We're not supposed to be doing things like this, and then we're, yeah. we're doing it anyway. So, and the Democrats are promoting uh, the gas tax suspension, sales tax suspension. I personally think we should look at it. Frank O'Bannon did it when he was governor. We, we, the legislature changed the rules for Governor Holcomb, but we could. We're going to suspend the rules to do this other stuff next Tuesday, so we could actually suspend the rules to take and address the gas sales tax.
1: So the case that the Democrats are making or that, that those proposing the suspension are saying, hey, the state's got a $6 billion surplus. You could suspend it for a certain amount of time, theoretically. Yeah. And you've got two mechanisms. You've got a sales tax and then you've got a, a use tax on, uh, like, a is it a dime or 12 yeah. cents per gallon of gasoline almost as well?
2: Fifty, Almost 50 cents of gallon. Yeah, but add together. those two
1: together. So potentially those could get suspended for a period of time. Yeah, I think we could suspend the sales tax if it reached, if
2: it goes over four seventy five a gallon, we could suspend the sales tax. Uh, you know, we passed a, a tax, a billion dollar tax cut, and I'm the only Republican who didn't vote for it uh, when we were talking about it in caucus because it had to do with personal property assessment, and I, I said, guys, this isn't our money. This is local revenue, and if we think it's such a great idea, then we need to figure out how we re reimburse the locals because I said and they go, Tom, it's only two hundred thousand dollars for your county I go, yeah, but my county's trying to figure out how to scrape together fifteen thousand dollars to repair a police car so uh, when right. it came time to vote, I was the lone Republican that voted against
0: this so. yeah that was one thing that we had that we consistently brought up or was consistently brought up when we were interviewing. People who were running for your spot was, uh, yeah, like there were a lot of people that said, you know, suspending the gas tax sounds great, but we need to figure out like where the the funding that funding is going to come from, and really do a deep dive into uh, how we replace that money before right. we and just go. I, on and
2: I don't think it's a things. permanent thing. I think it could be a temporary thing, and you use some of the surplus. Were I mean, what the what the. With the gas prices going up, we're collecting more sales tax than we were. So, you know, we could take that out of the surplus. I, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll even talk about it. Although yeah. I, uh, there's a couple of issues that, that may be addressed in this special session, or I may be going back. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised, depending so, what the Supreme Court does.
1: So the, we have a citizen legislature. Right you guys have you adjourned in april or was it february this time it was a short session so so you adjourned and then you're supposed to be done unless the governor calls you back in right right that's the way that the the year before
2: we didn't even sign EDI because we didn't which was you know the governor sued us and i don't know that that's that's been settled i think he's correct that we shouldn't be able to call ourselves back but uh, i found myself at odds with people sometimes
1: Well, tell us, I mean, we're, it's, it's open forum. You're welcome to share it now. I,
2: well, I just remember I hadn't been there very long, and we, we were in the minority. We were in the minority the first eight years I was there, and we spent a lot of time in caucus, and we went to caucus one day trying to decide what we were going to do, and would Frank O'Bannon accept this? Would Frank O'Bannon <laughs> accept that? And after sitting in that room for six hours, I went to the bathroom, and on my way back, I went to the governor's office, and I said, can I see the governor a minute? And we went in, and I said, would you accept this? And. Yeah, I'll even come down and talk to your caucus. So I go back downstairs. Paul Manweiser was the leader. And I said, Frank O'Bannon said he would accept this, and he'll come down and talk to us. Well, how do you know that? And I said, well, I went and asked. Him. <laughs> Under whose authority? And I go, I didn't know I had to have any
1: authority. <laughs> now you're negotiating directly with the governor. He'll,
2: he'll never, he'll never come down here. Well, we went into special session, and when we came back, the first day, Frank O'Bannon came down and addressed our caucus, and we arrived at something. So, I mean, when I was elected, the voters of Henry County over, overwhelmingly voted for Frank O'Bannon, and they threw out the Democrat incumbent and well and elected me. So I thought we were supposed to work together, and uh, I came out of the assessor's office, and, and so I knew something about assessments, and we're going to have a press, because Frank O'Bannon wanted a, Blue Ribbon Commission to address property taxes. And they came to me and said, Tom, the Republicans, we're going to have a press conference. This little leader, the Ways and Means chairman, and you, you know about assessments. So I go to the Senate caucus room, and we have all the media from all over the state there. And and the Republicans are just beating the hell out of Frank O'Bannon. And there was a door right there, and I just started doing a (laughs) sidestep. And when I got to the door, I got down one flight of steps before our media person took a hold of me and turned me around. She said, where the hell do you think you're going? And I said, it's Thursday. I haven't been home since Monday. I'm going home. And she said, well, you don't walk out of a press conference. And I said, well, you do if you don't agree with what they're saying. I said, the voters of my district elected the two of us and they expect me to work together and I'm not going to badmouth him because he's a D and I'm an R. Well, that's when we still had Build Indiana money and, uh, you know, you buy fire trucks with it or fire stations or something and they told us to all to submit our list and when we started out, we were each going to get $500,000. Well, it got so the Democrats were going to get 500000 but the Republicans were going to get two hundred, And so, I voted Absolutely. against the bill because yep. it came hot on the hot off, hot off the press at 10 minutes till 12 on the last night. And two days later, the leader calls me, and he goes, did you cut a deal? And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, the rest of us got $200,000 in Build Indiana money, and you got a half a million dollars. And I go, I just did what you told me to do because <laughs> <laughs> they kept telling us to lower our requests, lower our requests. And I found out later, a friend of mine, his wife was a state budget director, and uh, he said, you remember that day you walked out of that press conference? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, Frank O'Bannon heard about that, and he told the Democrats to give you what they got. So it paid off to try to work with
0: people. Nice. That that kind of leads us into one of the questions we were going to ask uh, later, but um, one of the things that I think Jeremiah brought it up in our chat today was how do you kind of balance um, like the things that your constituents are asking for and then how you're being pushed by party leadership? How do you how do you approach – if there's a divide in those t- two opinions, then how do you approach we've, we've that? We've joked problem. about it
1: before that you've been in the doghouse with the speaker at, at different times or different speakers. Yeah,
2: yeah you know, it's, it's okay. It played well at home. I, I, and the story I have to – and, you know, there was a lot of money given in this last election by special interest. And I just wanted whoever was going to replace me to be strong. And the story I'll tell is the, we were doing uh, – the State Chamber of Commerce, there was a bill – to um, uh, increase the uh, workman's compensation benefits if, if you lost a digit or something off your finger. And uh, I had a guy from Kroger, worked in the meat department, come over and told me his story. I think we were, I think he got $50 for three digits anyway. We were going to raise it. And I voted for it. And somebody pecked on that big glass window behind us, and it was a lobbyist for the State Chamber of Commerce. And I'd been there probably, I'd been there about five or six years and he motioned for me to come out in the hall. And I went out there and he said, you need to remember where your money comes from. And I said, no, I need to be able to look at that guy in the mirror in the morning. And if I'd have voted against this, I couldn't have done it. And I said, you know what? I can never pay back the money you've given me over the years, but don't ever give me another dime. I want no more of your money. Fast forward to when we were doing uh, Right to Work, Gene Lysing had just got called... Uh, drawn into henry county gene was our new state senator at the time yeah. and they the newcastle chamber called gene and i to a meeting and they told us they didn't want a supporting right to work so i go to the state house the republicans are telling me you're going to vote for this and i go no my locals don't want it so the president of the state chamber comes over to meet me and uh you, we're going to get you a primary opponent if you don't vote for this and i go but my local chamber doesn't want me supporting it. Well, they shouldn't be telling you how to vote. And I go, but you give me a book, the first of every session, we oppose this, we support this. I said, if I'm going to listen to anybody, I'm going to listen to my locals. And he said, well, then we're going to put somebody against you. And I said, well, you know what? This meeting's over. You're excused. And
1: (laughs) so they, they didn't come up with a strong primary opponent, did they? They tried. They tried, but, uh, so you worked with five different governors in your time. I did. Was it easy? It, it sounds like you, you had a, a, you got along well with governor Bannon. I did. And then you've, you've got some other past I, governors. that you have been very close. I with.
2: served seven days under governor by, uh, became really close friends with former governor Wickham. He asked me to be executive of his estate. And I go, you got five kids. And he goes, I know that's why I you to, <laughs> <weeks later."> uh, <laughs> Joe Kernan was a very nice man. Um, Mitch Daniels and I had our, our problems, Knights Down Children's Home and some other things. So, uh, Mike Pence, I took him campaigning door-to-door when he was 20, 29, I think, the first time he ran for Congress.
1: Oh, wow, really? In 1990 or whatever, when he the first, first When time he around. lost, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Huh.
1: I thought he had a hot wife. She was Karen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Karen was very good. Still is very <laughs> attractive, but uh, at that time, she... And then... Uh, you just Governor needed a Holcomb. backup
1: plan if things didn't yeah, work out. Too go,
2: Governor Holcomb has, has been very nice to work with too. So
1: good. All right. Yep. It's a, a see. I didn't realize you had a little overlap with Governor By. He probably Seven didn't even pass you in the hallway. He
2: did one day. And you know when when I lobbied for the Assessor's Association when I was County Assessor, we they passed a the bill. The you had to if somebody died, the assessor had to inventory of the lockbox contents, and it passed. And uh, I. I wrote him and told him I thought he should consider vetoing it. I said, Example, your father remarried, your mother's jewelry is in that lockbox, your dad dies, you have no idea what happened to that. And he did veto the bill. <laughs> so.
1: I have a question. Huh? What's, what's it been like having to see the, the political conversation on the national stage? And then to be able to to bring that to the, the state level and like to be able to have a conversation outside of the intense political discourse from the red team, the blue team, and like actually get things done.
2: Well, I mean, I grew up, I, I credit Richard Nixon with giving me my political uh, start. I mean, I wrote him a letter when I was a senior in high school and got invited to the White House. And I thought if an 18-year-old kid from Wilson, Indiana can do that, you can pretty much anything you set your mind to. and I came up in the Republican Party. I've, I've worked and helped get other people elected. I'm very disappointed in what's going on in Washington D.C. When I went in to see Governor Holcomb, and I told him I wanted a new archives and something else before I left. And excuse me. And he goes, "Tom, well, I was the only person, the only Republican, who didn't vote to take away his executive power." And he said, "Can I get you to stay until my term's up?" And I said i don't even know if i can be a republican anymore i mean i'm i'm just not happy with what both sides of washington dc it's just and unfortunately that's part of our problem that's getting to be in in indianapolis i don't think the supermajority serves a good purpose
1: so you've had you've seen and that's a that's a great point you've seen about three different eras in your time you've had Absolute 50-50 majority where everything, you know, it was, it was a tiebreaker constantly.
2: Yeah, when I was elected, it was
1: 50-50. And then you were the 50th Republican. Yeah. And then, but you were still in the minority somehow. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that part worked. Well, we, the, the
2: mother, first day we got there, my mother, you know, you, you get elected, state house, You're going out to change the world. You want your family out there. My mother was on an oxygen tank. It was good for five hours, I think. My family goes out there to see me sworn in, and we go to the caucus room. And we stay in a caucus room for seven hours because it is the second time in the history the state had went 50 50. And the Republicans passed a piece of legislation that said if it ever happened again, the party that elected the highest ranking statewide office holder would control the Speaker of the House. They thought Steve Goldsmith was going to be governor. Well, guess what? Frank O'Bannon won. So we, And as a freshman, you're in the back row of the caucus room. And you're to be seen and not heard. And they send a note in that my mother's having to go home because she's about out of oxygen. And I raised my hand and I said, Did you guys not make this rule when you were in charge? Well, yes, but we thought. I go, Well, you're like a bunch of kids who didn't get their way. You're gonna take your ball and go home. So I didn't start out <laughs> and
1: then, and then you went through an era where you know, the the there was almost a supermajority and Democrats were leaving the state and going to Illinois to essentially protest and say, you can't do, you can't operate this way. We're leaving. And then a few years later, the, the maps got drawn to a point where the Republicans have had not, haven't even needed uh, Democrats to the show up.
2: First year I was there, we walked out. We wa- we wa- we wanted to do something. And we walked out and we went out on the West side of Indianapolis and found some lady, his name was Doris. She was behind in her taxes her roof leaked her yard was full of trash and and we cleaned her house up painted it broke her fixed her broken windows put a new roof on it hauled the trash out they sent the police after
1: us did you have some news crews there as you're doing we all this did. good work yeah
2: yeah you know and then i brought them to newcastle and they did a house in newcastle they did an older lady's house over on the east side and they sent the state police after us, but they all said hide, you hide behind a tree. <laughs> I, I don't I think it was a bad idea for the Democrats to go to Illinois, but I know Because why that was that it. way the state police couldn't get them. Because Mitch Daniels would have had them drug in. <laughs> <laughs> but then there again, we took their we took their pay, we we fined them. Uh and I kept saying, Guys, one of these days this
1: pendulum's gonna swing the other direction and well, you're getting out before it happens. Yeah. <laughs> or before you have to become a Democrat or libertarian, God forbid. So, <sighs> well, they've
2: asked me to come across the aisle a couple of times. <laughs> and they've been very nice to leave me
0: alone. Yeah. They said, we could do worse than you, Tom. <laughs> so, all these stories, why why are you deciding to retire now? It's, I come home frustrated and mad and I jokingly
2: say I kick the dog and take it out on my wife, but I don't. It's just <laughs> my wife and I talk. It's it's not any fun anymore. What I got it that I enjoyed the most was being able to help people. Uh, and my, I, we're, I don't know how we are in time. No, we're good. That first good year, to. there was a gentleman down in Knightstown. His name was Farmer. He worked at the Knightstown Children's Home. His wife had cancer, and during that time under O'Bannon and, and By. If your age and your number of years equaled 85, then you could retire and the state would pay your benefits until you reach 65. So he retires to stay home, take care of his wife. Everything's fine for a year. And the second year he goes to get her medicine, and they go, well, we're sorry, you don't have any insurance. So he went through the union and everybody, and so he calls me one day and tells me the story. and I said, well, I'm on my way to state house. Let me stop at your house and pick up the paperwork, and let me see what I can do." And I worked on it all summer, and kept nobody would admit somebody screwed up. So it was just first of December, and I was I take things to heart. I hate to tell people no, and so I told Sue. I said, "There's one person that can fix this if I can get to him, and that's the governor." So I go to the state house, go in to ask to see if I could see Frank O'Bannon, and his his uh, secretary says, "No, he's busy." And I said, well, can I see his chief of staff? And she says, if you come back at 1 o'clock. So I come back about 10 to 1. I'm sitting in the outer office. They're putting up the governor's Christmas tree, and in walks Frank O'Bannon. How are you, Tom? Fine, governor. What do you need? I said, well, I needed 10 minutes, but they tell me you're busy. Oh, I got 10 minutes for you. Come (laughs) on in. So I go in and explain the story to him, and he goes, well, Tom, if he wasn't entitled to the insurance, Why did he get it for a year? And I said, that's the question. I said, somebody screwed up and nobody's willing to take the blame for it, but you can fix this. So he says, well, let me see what, I gave him all the paperwork. He says, let me see what I can do. He said, if you don't hear from me in a couple weeks, come back and see me. I go, well, will she let me in? (laughs) So I go home. I drive from the state house to Knightstown, stop at the farmer's house, knock on the door, tell him what I've done. I said, if he can't help me, we're done. And I drive from Knightstown to Louisville. I walk in the door. My phone's ringing, and it's Mrs. Farmer. And she's crying because Frank Obannon himself had just called and said, we made a mistake. We screwed it up. We're going to pay your back medical bills. Your insurance will be re- recommitted. That was my best day. And that was in the That's first incredible, yeah. yeah. And, and my, my, my intern said, Tom, I think they're Democrats. <laughs> and I said, well, if they didn't vote for me the last time, I bet they vote for me the next time.
1: Probably and, that's like picking up two votes.
2: And they, they, votes. they, unfortunately, are both deceased now. But for 10 years, every Christmas, I got a card from them hmm. thanking me and never will forget. So that's we've been able interest. to do that for lots of people. And to me, that's... They go, why are they calling us, Tom? And I go, because they don't know who else to call. And... Uh, that's been the rewarding part of the job.
1: So the constituent service side, more than any of the legislative stuff, has been what's yeah. driven you.
2: Yeah, and you know, when I first got there, the Democrats were in charge for eight years, and I was I was told on the first day when I met John Gregg, the Speaker, and Jerry Dimbo and Chet Nobis, had me on the back and said, "We've heard a lot of good things about you, Tom, but to be quite honestly, you got a big red bullseye on your ass." And you're not gonna, you're not going to get jack shit. You can go home and take credit for. So you just sat back and enjoy the ride. Well, nice to meet you too, Mister Speaker. You know, <laughs> in, in the end, John Gregg and I became good friends.
1: When when you I didn't vote for him when he, when he ran for governor twice, did you? Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe not the first time. <laughs> when we were when my I family, had a guy in that one of those that one of those runs. Well, when my when I helped and him. and you helped they, him get yeah. to vote too, yeah. we could tell that story. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, but when
2: my family was going through the worst times, yeah. John Gregg was good help. Yeah.
1: When when Rex Bell ran for governor in 2016, uh, he had a stroke in in Wayne County. He lived in Wayne County. He was had a stroke three or four days before the election. Wound up in the in Methodist yeah. Hospital, and uh, Brad Clough and and myself were trying to work with the Wayne County uh, election office, the county clerk's office, and they were not sending the traveling board to get uh, to let uh, Rex vote. And uh, we got uh, Tom involved in a couple of phone calls from Tom, and all of a sudden the traveling board changed their mind, and they uh, they visited uh, Methodist, and, and Judge Bell and, and Rex Bell were able to, to vote. Yeah, And, well, and you know, uh,
2: people people don't realize I, the title does help. <laughs> And we were able – you know, Rex and I talked. Uh, John does cemetery work in the cemetery for us. And I, I called the county chairman over there, and I said, do you realize the bad publicity we're going to get? The guy's running for governor, and he can't vote for himself. I said, I'll drive him out there if I have to. No, no, no. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. So it's just making a phone call. All they can do is tell you no. Uh,
1: you just have to remind people if you realize. Like, yeah. Come on, guys.
2: Well, I now- make house calls. Not everybody does it. I mean – when Andy was in trouble, uh, people sent us really nasty letters. I think the worst thing that's happened to us is Facebook and social media, because people get on there at eleven forty-five at night and shoot this stuff off into cyberspace and think nobody reads it. But I read it, and I take it pretty damn personally. And I've went to a couple of houses and knocked on the door, and
1: uh, well, I uh, you know, so these are the house that you're you're you're. Your, you're showing up at the door of shit posters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, the one I remember that's is the uh, worst nightmare.
2: That's how I would love. <laughs> the last thing. Honestly,
1: anybody... I'm still waiting to meet Greg Pence. So at some point, if he knocks on my door, that'd be, the, that's probably the one way I'll get to meet him. Cause I don't show up at Republican fundraisers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you're welcome. We're having a Republicans are having a golf outing on the fifteenth of June. Okay, out here, you should come. I think he'll be there for lunch.
1: <sighs> I'll be up in Elsie Stefanik's district in northern New York that 15th weekend. Of June. Home sweet home, Saint Lawrence County. My my biannual pilgrimage is it once every two years? Is that biannual? Sure. Is that, is that right? Sure. I, I can never get that term right. Can, can I a, just yeah, come is a biannual or semiannual? Yeah, play you play can Come yeah, for
2: you know. lunch. Yeah, I'll <laughs> buy for you. I'll buy. <laughs> <laughs> this I just, guy sent me this. Awful it was awful awful was when they were doing cash for clunkers in the banks nice to see you brian thank his
1: you his uh, phone's blowing up and he's bailing on us he's got a he's got a 7 30 curfew because he gets up at 2 30 in the morning
2: <laughs> and this guy it was you know the, the feds were doing cash for clunkers in a bank bailout and i get home one day and i got this email they sent at 11 45 at night him and
1: his church was fed up they was going to throw my ass out and just all this stuff
2: nastiest email i ever
1: got just mad at mad at you because they were taking cars back. Yeah. And uh, so I look.
2: He has to live between Knightstown and Dunreith on Old 40. So I drive to his house and back into his driveway in case I have to get out that quickly. <laughs> and, I, and I had his email in my hand, and I walked up and knocked on the door, and he came to the door, and I said, are you Mr. So-and-so? Yes, I am. And I go, well, I'm Tom Saunders. I got your email right here. You're, you're mad, and we need to talk. And that was, uh, well, uh, uh, where do you live? And I go, 10 miles down the road. And I said, I take the job pretty damn seriously. And I said, what you're accusing me of, I have nothing to do with. matter of fact, I agree with what you're saying. I said, if you want to jump me about property taxes and roads and education, you go right at it. When I'm not taking a hit on something, I have no control. Well, you want to come in? And I go, well, if you're not going to shoot me, <laughs> you know, well, I'm going to tell my church. That wasn't very Christian to me. I probably should apologize to you. They tell me it ain't apples. I shouldn't do that, but nothing shuts them up. I can knock on the
1: door. We find that sitting down at this table and talking to people, we've gotten along with people from the absolute far left and the absolute far right when you actually have a real conversation. And I think this, hopefully, even you've, you've you've felt this too in the time we've had this the show and you've participated with us that it helps actually have a conversation and and it pulls away some of the social media.
2: Well, and if you yeah, and if you can get people to the same table, sometimes you can get a lot of calm. You on this list. You asked me some of my accomplishments years ago, warm gold candle company was, they needed water and sewer. They wanted to expand. They were being courted to move to Ohio and Centerville needed to expand their water and sewer. The state was getting ready to build a new rest stop. They were going to put in their own wells and own sewer system. And I thought, well, this is kind of asinine.
0: So I was able to
2: get the state together
1: and we were able to expand Centerville's water and sewer and, so you were able to take that out to where the rest area was, and if it happens to be in line with where Warm Glow wanted to be, then everybody benefited.
2: Yeah, so we were able to do those kind of things, that nobody ever heard about. And and when I first got elected, I made friends with the Tiny Adams, who's deceased now. But, he was
1: the Muncie yeah, representative. And
2: he got elected the same year I did, and, and I could talk to Tiny, and we'd get stuff accomplished. He came to my house one time for a Christmas open house, called me the next day and said i got my attitude for coming to your house and i go well who
1: told on you i mean (laughs) (laughs) in that day it wasn't like it was on instagram and somebody saw that you were there somebody somebody in your house was talking to the democrats tom and they they probably should be trusted well
0: i I have a lot of (laughs) you've said Uh, some things about like your first years do you think um it, do you think after 26 years the state house and what you've done up there has met the expectations that that you had whenever you first walked in
2: well i think we all go out there thinking we're going to change the world and no one person can do it you have to have a working relationship and when i first was elected the democrats and republicans worked across the aisle together we don't we it's we don't reach our hand out to do that. And I think that's a mistake. I-
1: so if in the modern era, if a dem, if you happen to live in a district where Democrats elected, your Democrat representative puts a bill forward, goes into a committee, very little chance. Anything's going to happen with no, it. it. They just won't even hear it.
2: No. And, and why they got elected the same way I did. And an example is there's, there's a representative Democrat representative that I respect. Very knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy. Um, uh, he had a pretty decent amendment on something last year, and uh, when we go into caucus, we talk about the amendments. And well, we're going to hold this bill till tomorrow, and you offer that amendment tomorrow. We'll we'll address that. Well, let him have the damned amendment. I mean, well, yeah, it,
1: we're not going to beat this Democrat, right? You know, so it, you know. So it's just that it's always that calculating. And I can't.
2: And there was a time in my life when I wanted to go to Washington, but. After being out here, I can't imagine how bad it is. And I've been called to the governor's office more than one time.
1: So, uh, on, on the list of six governors, how many of them called you in? Well, three. <laughs> one of them showed me the back door. Uh, <laughs> like the back door in a trunk of a Lincoln. What are we talking oh, there's about? A, there's,
2: a, it, there's the governor's office. You go in upstairs, and you can go downstairs, and then there's a back door comes right out the snack bar, and it was over at the Knightstown Children's Home. And I was shown the back door. And I said, well, I've been thrown out a better place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for those that don't remember, uh, the, the the children's home in Knightstown, which actually is Rush County, but Knightstown, the Knightstown children's home was a state-operated facility, and then it essentially got closed down.
2: That was during the Civil War to take orphans of the war veterans. Yeah.
1: So it operated for about 100 years, yeah. 130 years yeah. uh, until the uh, Daniels administration and then they closed it down and it no longer a state state employees. It still functions, but it, it's, it's not,
2: it's, it's a troubled youth facility. It's run by
0: the national guard. Yeah. It's the yeah. national guard. It's like a military school. And we now. could have done that together. Yeah. Could have figured out that solution. Yeah. I, but,
2: <laughs> we had, they had a rally out in the atrium and I spoke and after it was over a good, another rep said, my God, Tom, you called the governor out. I go, I did? He go. yeah, you told him to come out here and talk to us. I said, well, I, he should. I mean, it's like, he did call me. and He said, Tom, they told me every one of those kids had a place to go. And I said, Governor, I can show you a kid that he went home for Christmas vacation, and mom had a new boyfriend, and the boyfriend didn't want the kid there, so the kid lived on the streets until the Christmas vacation was over. Is that the kind of home you want to send them to? It wasn't
0: a you know. So it yeah, was... it's a pretty neat facility. If you, drive it's a beautiful. Out there. I pass facility. there all the time. Um Part of my job takes me past there a lot. So yeah, it's, it's always cool. The first time that I passed it, I had no idea it was there. So I just drove. I was like, "What
1: is this place?" I assume it's, it's the reason State Road One Forty exists. Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: And it, and, the, and the American Legion supported it heavily. In mm, yeah. fact, I got an award from the American Legion that year for trying to, to keep the it. children's home alive. But the, when Mike Pence got elected governor, he called me in and he said, Tom, I need a big painting to go on this wall. And I said, hey, I know just the painting. It used to be at the Knightstown Children's Home. It's huge. He said, find it for me. I couldn't find it. It's gone. I don't, and you couldn't hang it on these walls. It's too big. Too big. Who walked off wow. of something that big? I don't know. <laughs> wow. I'll know it if I ever see it <laughs> <laughs> What was it of? It was it of the children's home? No, it was a it was a hay field with the hay stocks and uh, two draft horses. And,
0: I mean, it was oh, a, just like a beautiful, natural
1: painting.
2: There was an artist that used to donate paintings to the home every. Year.
1: If you can pull that mic in just a little closer to I'm you, yep. back. Yep. I'm when sorry. you get,
2: it's it I'm
1: getting too comfortable. I'm saying too
2: much. <laughs> Probably going to be in trouble. We're going to so. keep the. My we're going to keep the drinks flowing. For, for Tom. I don't drink. That's,
0: he's he hasn't even cracked his bottle of water open yet. Yeah, if anybody
2: your, ever said they saw Tom <laughs> drunk, it's a lie. Tom doesn't drink.
0: What's uh? What what are some things that were shocking to you as you as you first got into the state house and just seeing how the state government works?
2: Well, the first year, I watched them negotiate a budget. And we the first year, we'd be there eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night. And I watched the Democrats on this side of the House, and they'd write down what they're going to do, and the Republicans would give it to the Democrats, and they'd walk it over to the Senate, and the two guys over there decide what they were going to let us have. And I'm thinking, I just don't understand how we... <laughs> you know, and I got involved with the... Uh, trying to save West Baden Springs Hotel, French Lick. And those oh, yeah. those people came up here every day. We were in session for 10 years. And I got to know them on a first-name basis. And uh, one lady, she I stopped to see her. I was down there a couple weeks ago. Her name is uh, Geneva Street. She's in her 90s now. And Larry Borst, who was the Senate guy and controlled the purse strings, he would never meet with the orange shirts. So she found out he was a vet. So she drove her dog up from French Lick to his office on Saturday morning. And then she got Larry cornered. <laughs> and she got her money. So uh and if you ever go to French Lick, there's a new road between the West Baden Hotel and the French Lick Hotel. It's called
1: Geneva Street. Street? Oh really? Yeah. It's named after her. Yeah, Geneva Street. So they were trying to get a casino license. They needed is a what license. Was happening. They thought that's all that would save that community, and it was the the what they called the boat in the moat, right? The boat in the moat. And now, now we've gotten away. We we morally don't require a casino to be in water anymore. Now we can build a free state. And I made and friends okay. with,
2: with Bill Cook. I, uh, he said, you tried to help me, and I said, yeah. And, and he when he made that water around the around the boat, the moat, it was a building. <laughs> He wanted to name the water Lake Geneva after Geneva Street. And she said, no, I don't want that. So he named the new road Geneva Street. (laughs) Then after we allowed land-based casinos, he calls me and he goes, that boat makes my resort look cheap. Can I take those wheels off and fill in that water? And I said, let me check. And I called him back and I said, yes, you can. So if you ever go down there, it doesn't look like a boat anymore.
1: Now it's no longer (laughs) a. No, no longer look that way. So in 98, 2000, in that era, do you feel like that a, an average legislator could bring a bill forward and get it heard and actually go through a process? Has that changed? Or do you think it's the, it's just the same games are played? It's, well, just, it's first, still all about the caucus and When what I they first
2: want. got there, you'd have a Democrat author and you had to have a Republican co-author. And we don't require that anymore.
1: Who changed that rule how does that
2: is it just it just it just kind of disappeared we used to go out and uh, we'd go out and bowl we'd go out and play baseball we'd go out and dance we'd go out and race cars and we would get to know Greg Porter as Greg Porter and Marion County legislator a black legislator who has a family and kids and and you you can work so much you build better a relationship you know people and you know they're and that that's just lacking
1: hmm. did you even do that inside of your own party like do you go? Some to, do, some. Are there parties where you and Bruce Borders go? You know. Well, I went do and walk, all I went
2: walk door to door for Bruce Borders. Uh, we do a mental health dinner every night, or once a year they do a mental health. And uh, thank God there aren't any pictures. I wouldn't mind showing them now, but uh, one year, and I was kind of in charge of trying to get acts because legislators are supposed to perform. It's who's your idol, and so I went and asked uh, Mamma Mia. If you saw the credits. The girls do a part, and then the guys come out as Elvis. And I said, I went to the ladies. I said, let's do this together. We'll lip sync it. And I couldn't get the women to do it. And one of the male reps goes, well, Tom, we could do this in drag. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, you could do it, and it wasn't. So we went to a costume shop, and we we rented the outfits and the go-go boots and went to Walmart and bought our bras and birdseed and and they dressed us and they have it at the uh, Indiana roof ballroom and they dress us in the front and we had to go out the front door around the corner into an elevator to come on the street on the street and (laughs) and there's these we were walking down this down the street and these they were kind of a plum collared jumpsuits we had to put skirts on them because they were a little too revealing (laughs) <laughs> white go-go boots, and uh, so uh, we won. We raised thirty-five thousand dollars for mental health that night.
0: So. That's awesome. It's hilarious, but it never made it never. That never made the news. It never mm. made the news. Thank it, God. It, if Twitter would, was around, Tom, it would be frowned upon yeah. <laughs> today. So. Abdul would have went hard on you. <laughs>
2: he was a judge, I think. Him and Shella and those guys are the judges, and they kind yeah. of do it like Simon and them.
0: I don't actually think Abdul would have went hard on you over it. I no, just, he's just well, like, it and it he was time.
2: suing the attorney
1: general. The other day. Yes, I recently,
0: you, keep,
2: no, yeah. keep it
1: up, keep it. Up. <laughs> I noticed that the attorney general is going to be a speaker here in about a week here. Yeah. 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 He's coming to Newcastle to speak at the Memorial day, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know,
2: for 26 you, years, you I a been prominent role. I, I've not been asked. of fact.
1: Apparently, have, apparently the, the Secretary of State I, has I, replaced I've you. been
2: replaced.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: Oh, the Secretary of State or the Attorney General?
1: <sighs> Efforting. Hang on. Uh, Is it Todd Rokita? I'm, I'm, we're going to look right now.
2: Because Mike Pence always came when he was our congressman.
1: It's Rokita. Okay. So, the, Attorney, the General. Attorney
2: General. So, I've been replaced by Todd Rokita.
1: Been kicked out of worse places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who the Secretary of State is right now. Holly Sullivan. Holly Sullivan, because there's a big—that's that's your big job at the convention is to yeah. decide who's who your uh, who who the next GOP nominee yeah, is. Yeah, they're all
2: telling me how conservative they are and how they're going to fight for pro life. And I sent Diego a text last night, and I go, "What does that have to do with the job of Secretary of State? Job? Yeah, Secretary of State."
1: You know, if Charlie White hadn't gone to prison, this you wouldn't have this weird offset in no. in, in for like the last twelve years. You've had there ten years. It's been we're off cycle. Yeah,
2: that and auditor. And I almost became state auditor that close.
1: Was that a job that they make you take or that you want to take? No, I
2: wanted to take it. I was I was getting burned out of the legislature. And I was down in southern Indiana at a AIC with my other job, and some county officials approached me and said, you know, uh, Tim Barry's getting ready to retire. He can't run anymore. We think you ought to run for state auditor and I. And so the next week, I was in Northern Indiana, and I found out it was a conspiracy. But I got approached up there, and I came home and talked to Sue, and I said, "You know, I have the same background that Tim Barry has. We I got grassroots Democrats and Republicans all over the state that like me. Maybe you ought to look at it." So, I uh, it happened on uh, I think Fourth of July. Uh, I I established an exploratory committee and. As I was walking back across the street, they announced that Tim Berry was resigning to become state party chairman. And I went into the governor's office and talked to his people. and We think you'd be a great candidate, and you just need to keep doing what you're doing. And then I got called in for an interview, and Mike said, Tom, I'm going to make this quick. And I said, well, governor, the only thing I got that could cause me any embarrassment is my son. He goes, I know about it. No, it's no problem. I'm going to do this quick. You're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. And then they chose somebody. I was ready to. So, what was stated. the
0: conspiracy?
2: Well, I mean, there was a group of people around the state who thought that
0: that had recruited you. That oh, had oh, recruited okay. me. Okay.
2: Yeah, but they there was myself and a, a a black gentleman who was an office holder from Hendricks County who put his name in and and
1: uh, and they made that choice. They
2: made that choice, and I think he was there. And the last place, and then they send you a thirteen-page questionnaire. Who do you owe? Have you ever done this? You know, all these questions. And then there's a question at the end Is there anything we haven't asked you that could be potentially embarrassing to you or the governor? And I wrote what I needed to write on there. And then he wasn't in the office very long and found out he had a child out of wedlock. And the lady showed up at the auditor's office wanting child support. And I thought, And unbeknownst to me, I held the door for him as he went out the door for the last time. (laughs) But I guess he didn't answer that last question.
1: (laughs) It wasn't wasn't quite as truthful. So we we haven't talked you into running for governor, but it sounds like you're kind of open to running for state auditor.
0: I'm not running for anything. (laughs) I'm I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that was the, uh, that was the last question here. What comes next? You just, gonna you know, I do for
2: 19 years, I've done presidential library tours up until the virus. And, and, uh, I'd like to start those again. Uh, Sue and I just came back last week from Washington. We went out and attended the funeral of Mary Gallagher.
1: You've, you've spoken about Mary previously
2: with it us. It was the second person John Kennedy hired when he became United States Senator. And then she ended up working for Jackie and she was in Dallas with him. If you look at the assassination photos, when they're loading the casket on the plane in Dallas, Jackie and Mary are standing there. She stayed with Jackie until she went to New York. And Mary's been kind enough to invite us to her house, and we became friends, and she passed away last two weeks ago, and mm. they invited us. to hard to hear to that funeral, so but we you know we would' like to go to California in November and do the Reagan Nixon libraries, and maybe Martin Sheen would come and have dinner with us and and I've made friends with a uh, secret service former secret service agent who lives in Shaker Heights, Ohio,
1: and does Martin some- Sheen get secret service protection <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's, he's not, higher popularity uh, than a number of former presidents. I've talked too much tonight. I probably said what you brought some show and tell. What's, what is he, what's the, yeah,
2: you brought? what's the
0: picture?
1: Well, the picture is, uh, it was sent to me by,
2: and this had to do with CAFO language. And the guy behind me was one of our, our leaders. And, uh, he had a bill that made it against if if I went on your property and took a picture,
1: we'll hold it up for the uh, for the camera here, in If
2: I went on your property and took a picture and then made a statement about your you know something you're doing wrong, I could be fined ten thousand dollars and thrown in jail. So his bill was up for discussion, and uh, I went up and I said, you know, I had a lady call me this morning. Her mother was in a Newcastle nursing home and she wasn't happy with the care her mother was getting so if i went to that nursing home and visited her mother and maybe took a picture i could be fined ten thousand dollars and thrown in jail and i said lewis hines is how he went he posed as a janitor and went in and and took pictures of child labor in the 1900s and that's how we changed the child labor laws i said we would have thrown him in jail and fined him ten thousand dollars this isn't right. And Pat Bauer came up after I sat down and goes, Representative Saunders is right. not oh, God, I need his help. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Once and, again, you're not allowed to be friends with Democrats. Yeah. It and doesn't get you called into the governor's and
2: office. And then Brian Bossman was the speaker. He called uh, Bill Friend back, and they pulled the bill, so the bill didn't get voted on. And this picture was sent to me, a profile courage. So Courage. Uh, and who signed it? Uh Couple of Democrats.
0: <laughs>
2: so, and somebody just happened know. to
1: snap a picture that day. Well,
2: that was on the front page of the Annapolis Star. And the glaze that Mr. Friend's given me <laughs> is not very good either. So I was But you know, I sometimes you don't vote the way you're supposed to. There are ramifications. I I had a nice office and a secretary until I didn't vote the right way one time. So. But oh. you have to be prepared
1: to live with your decisions and and represent the people who send you there so how did that work so you like you would you said you at some point you had you know you had said hey i'd like to go to washington i want that i know you had different titles in leadership where you you know you i guess when you get into the whip role or the assistant whip role which i think you had at one point i I was a caucus assistant assistant to the regional manager is what that that, that sounds like the office what what did that mean what was that well, I had a was seat. That, was I, that the kind of thing where they're supposed to keep you in line? Like? Well,
2: I had a seat at the table. We, you know, the leadership would meet. and We would talk about what we were doing in caucus, and and they didn't want to hear what I because rural Indiana versus everybody in leadership basically urban. And uh, I offered to quit a couple times because I knew Kathy Richardson, who was who was the state rep, she was a caucus chairman, first woman elected to leadership. She's now the clerk a Hamilton County clerk. And Kathy and I were friends before the legislature. And I knew she was getting chewed out because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And I offered several times to resign the post and go back down to where I came from. And she said, no, they need to hear what you have to say.
1: Turn your mic just a touch for us again. I'm sorry. It, it's a, it, it, You talk with your hands and this is how it goes.
2: <laughs> they need to hear what you have to say. So there came to a point where I wanted to say what I wanted to say, and I wasn't. I said, if this means I have to be told what to do, I don't want this job anymore. So so I was out of it for probably six years, and then uh, Ryan Bosman called her and said, what do you think about me making Tom your assistant again? She goes, you'll have to ask Tom. <laughs> so he put me back in that position, and I retired from that.
1: So. Yeah. Well, very good. So... It, it, one of the last things that Dakota put in the in the show notes or what advice do you have we don't know who's taking over. We know mr Criswell's won the Republican nomination, but uh, obviously Nan Polk is nominated there's no there's no other candidate, so it 's down to those two at this point. Uh, have until July for somebody else to jump in there. But what advice do you have for who, the person that replaces you in the seat Well, you have to have a strong family spouse to support
2: what you 're doing because basically you 're losing your lifestyle I mean Uh, And I thank my wife, Sue, for putting up with me for 40 years of doing this. And uh, you need to remember where you came from. And uh, if people gave you money thinking they were, and I don't mean they buy your vote, but they expect you to listen to to their issues. And I always listen to their issues. (laughs) Uh, But maybe I didn't vote the way they wanted me to vote. So just remember who sent you there. Remember the people that you represent. Uh, don't get the big head. They'll wine and dine. When you're a freshman legislator, every every lobbyist and pack organization out there wants to get you know you. You'll be wine and dined in some of the fanciest restaurants uh, while your wife is at home taking care of the kids. You you know how having a good time or playing golf or doing something like that. Just just remember that.
1: So for the average citizen that's listening, how much? Because I, I, I went as a citizen advocate a few times and met with you as well with Purdue University and the College of Agriculture and, and for, my, for my day job caring about roads. When, when, an, when a citizen of yours comes to you and asks for something or says, hey, this issue means something to me versus the PACs or the, you know, the, the professional lobbyists, yeah. does it make a difference in when you've got your people from your home district calling saying, hey, I care about this? It does to me. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I think it does to most legislators. Uh, I mean, a good example of that was wind turbines, you know, wind versus anti-wind, and uh, unfortunately that hasn't settled. Uh, there was a big push to take away local control, and we were able to, and I, we almost come to fisticuffs and caucus a couple times with the chairman of utilities, and uh, you just got to remember. I, I think I would do it again. Uh, I've met a lot of nice people, made a lot of friends. I've got to do a lot of things I wouldn't have got to do.
1: Um, well, we I, I know Dakota and I both are very appreciative, and we know we know you listened because you offered the straight ticket voting bill, yeah. right? And I would two years ago I listened to it. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. you know they yeah.
2: told me we got a hearing on that. I had the votes to pass it in committee. Yep. And the chairman got a phone call. I never found out who the phone call came from.
0: And then the bill didn't get a vote. But I like. He, I like to think that. Something that I brought up to you, made it to the governor, and he got mad about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't
2: believe. Call. I don't know if it was the governor or state committee. Just the don't governor,
0: don't crush my. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well,
2: he controls state committee, so. Uh, but I think that's where it came from. But uh, and it made me feel good when they told me I had the votes to pass
1: it. That's very good. So w- this is where we start to get into our final thoughts, and I, I will we'll, we'll catch Zach, but I, I, I want to ask one more thing of Tom your your tours that you put together is this something that anybody can get into is it invite only if people want to get involved uh, and jump in how do they how well, do they get, get on board it out
2: state committee started it was called the roving elephants and then i had some democrats that wanted to travel with me and i said well we, so it's a unofficially it's the roving elephants and the wandering asses <laughs> <laughs> but anybody's welcome to go we have a good time I mean, we've been very fortunate. It was bipartisan. I mean, we had lunch in church with President Mrs. Carter. We've met both President Bush's. Lucy Johnson met us on the lawn of the LBJ Ranch and had lunch with us. Uh, The guy that was handcuffed to Lee Harvey Oswald when Ruby shot him came and had lunch. David Eisenhower came and spent five hours with us at Gettysburg. They tell me I write a nice letter. Uh, So we've got to do some things, and if you love history, you get to hear it from the people who were actually there.
1: And the next, the cool. next one is you're going to try to you're going to try to solve Watergate, and <laughs> and and go and go check up on President Reagan. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we're gonna.
2: Yeah, that's the As a matter of fact because we, I wrote the Ken, I wrote uh, the last trip we took, we went to Boston and Hyannisport and I wrote Ted Kennedy's widow and told her about my group and and I said, would would you consider opening it up? the Kennedy compound for us to tour Hyannisport. So I get a phone call from a kid who works for the Edward T. Kennedy Institute. And he wanted to know how many people we were talking and what our mode of transportation was. And I said, well, first of all, what's this going to cost? He goes, I don't know. We've never done it before. And uh, so they opened up Joe and Rose's big house next door to Bobby and Ethel Kennedy's house. And we were supposed to be there an hour. And we were there almost three and we did the same thing with the uh, Reagan Ranch in California. We were, they sent buses after us because it's top secret how you get there. And we were supposed to be there a couple hours, and we were there like five hours. So it's a good trip. If you like history, come travel with us. Try to make it affordable because I always figured I was one of the most fiscally challenged legislators <laughs> out there. Everybody thinks we're wealthy. and There are some wealthy legislators out there, but I don't know that you want all of them to be that way. Because you need somebody that worries about making car payments and a house payment and sending kids to school. Have we got time? time. One more story. We got time. Uh, There are some perks. Everything's on seniority. My license plate now is number seven. Uh, The speaker Mm -hmm. gets number one. The minority leader gets number two, and then it's on seniority. But a couple years ago, first nice day, I was coming out of the state house parking lot, coming down Ohio to go up on the 70. And this car went by me, and the guy, the passenger, flipped me off. And we got stopped at the stoplight. And I looked at the guy, and I said, so what did I do to deserve that? He goes, you're driving my car. And I said, I beg your pardon. Citizen State Bank and I own this car. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes, well, that license plate didn't cost you anything, and I said, yes, it did. I have to pay just like you. I said, the only thing this license plate gets me is a designating parking spot at the state house, and assholes like you that don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and then I thought, oh shit, Tom, and he took off faster than I did. <laughs>
3: okay, now I have to.
2: I'm not going to say what you drive out
3: there, but it doesn't look like. I would never look at that and think, yeah, that's a sweet state issued car. Yeah, <laughs> like if I like would never, that's, I would look at that and be like, Oh yeah, that's municipal. Like that, that's a state. Like that's hilarious. That somebody thought that to just issue all the state <laughs> legislators' the cars, governor,
2: the governor, lieutenant governor, the the five big offices, they get a car, but the rest of us, we get we allowed one mileage trip a week to the state house, uh, and if I go out there, I'm allowed twice a month to visit. So it's not like we.
1: You're not you're not bank raking it in, and would you would you drive home every night, or you would go out for three or four days? Well, the first year I got
2: there, I I still had kids in school, and I thought it was important that I be home for them. Well, I left before they got up in the morning, and they were asleep when I got home. And then one night I went to sleep on the road coming home, and Sue and I decided it'd be easier for me to sleep. I stay out there, and. God bless Aunt Marge. It was Sue's aunt. She had a spare bedroom, and I mooched off of her for the first eight years. Matter of fact, I had to tell her I'd leave so she'd go to a nursing home. Oh, gosh! <laughs> oh. And then I, uh, then I joined the Columbia Club. So I've stayed at the Columbia Club. You need to come home. They've got dorms there.
1: No, or a hotel.
2: You can get a room. Columbia Club. You know yeah. on the Circle.
1: It's 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 you big you know big muckety mucks. I've never been in.
2: Well. Yeah, you have to join. It's $1,000 to join. And if you're a legislator, they give you a legislative rate because... Because
1: you're stuck there. Yeah.
2: And uh, that's where a lot of deals are made at the table. Yeah. That's where Democrats and Republicans get to know each other.
1: Seems fair. Yeah. I just go to the Oaks Club here. It's a, hang out with your son. <laughs> Zach, we're, we probably need to move into final thoughts. What uh what do you say? What do you got you got anything to preview? i I assume you're excited for the next two weeks. Yeah. You get I mean, to be my neighbor. Um Galt can stop
3: posting the countdown because if the countdown means that's the day everything's over. I don't like the whole month. I don't just just bend on the day. Um but no, there's I mean there's uh check out the centennial stuff for the county. There's stuff going on. We've got the donut eating contest and there's like you no know, torch relay that I'm going to find out this week how far they're going to make me run
1: uh, in two weeks. So I think you and Nate Lamar are going to have to run the whole thing.
3: I, I, there's um, two townships that had zero people volunteer. They're trying to get represented. I think it was like maybe like Stony Creek and another one. They said no, not even the cross country teams.
1: I, I listen. I, Joe Wiley was on the show and he admitted that he lives in Stony Creek Township and I know he runs. So Joe Wiley. In, you, you got you got a future. trying have, to be a county commissioner. I have to look at my email, but I knew there were two townships that did not
3: have anybody volunteering. I'm a uh, Joe,
0: and uh. the 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 cutoff was an eight minute mile, right?
3: It was nine, but then that didn't come uh, up on the website. Yeah, I couldn't do an eight minute mile right now. So I, I, mean, I thought
0: it was an eight minute mile. I saw it on Facebook. So I after you and I talked about it, I think it was episode 252. Uh, I was like, I'm a. I set the treadmill at the gym to. Seven fifty nine pace. I did one mile. I was wiped. I was like, "There's no way." I was like, "I'm not <laughs> signing up for this." Because if they're, if they're like, "It's going to be three miles," then I'm I'm done. I'm going to be running like a eighteen minute mile.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of anxious for them to open the uh, the time capsule. Time capsule because yeah. there's a letter in that time capsule to the family of Tom Saunders in Louisville, Indiana. I know it has two seventy two Eisenhower dollars in it. I'm curious to see how the paper survives.
1: Really? Yeah. So I, I have rescheduled uh, a, a little family getaway for Sarah and I off of that date so that I can be here for the time capsule opening. So June 4th. I'm, I'm planning on, on finding my way over to the courthouse to watch it, it watch uh, it go down.
0: There's going to be an iPhone put in the time capsule. The new one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the only, yeah, in the new time capsule, the only thing downloaded on that iPhone is a, an episode of Ball Song of Liberty, huh? yeah. There is a, a charger included. I was gonna say, put the charger. In. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be we'll all see, solar by then. We'll see yeah. how it. We'll see how it does. I am kind of scared through. of
3: which episode. Please, not two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but two hundred.
0: probably an episode with Aaron Dickens <laughs> since he's the one that did it.
1: Since he's, in, he's on the committee that's putting it together.
3: I, I want to ask Tom, what's the coolest thing you did? that you realized that I couldn't do this if I wasn't a state legislatures. Like, and not necessarily like a cool political thing, but just like an event you got to go to or something you got to do. And you're like, because I I, like, even I don't have any significance to anything, but there's times i sat there and like, I don't know what I did to get to where I am right now, like this very place, but this is awesome.
2: Two things. I met Dr. Hall, right? The guy that, yeah. Oh, the Heimlich. Heimlich, Heimlich. Heimlich. Yeah. Mm. And then I got choked two days later. And I <laughs> <laughs> but then the neatest thing I Boy, the governor was real rough on you. Yeah. <laughs> I was by myself at a Burger King over in Hendricks County, and I walked up to the table to give it to myself, and some guy came up behind me and did it, and then walked away, and I thought, he just saved my life, and I don't know who he is, and I didn't get to thank him. But yeah, next thing was I got invited to go. Mitch Daniels was budget director, and a bunch of us went out to the, I think there was six of us went to the White House And we went in for a transportation meeting with Tommy Thompson. George Bush,
1: his junior,
2: was president. And uh, when he got done, he said, there's somebody out here that wants to talk to you. And in walks George Bush. Well, the night before, when I was in Mitch's office, he just got the the federal budget that he was going to present to Congress the next day. And I asked Mitch, if he could I have one, and would he sign it? And he did, and I put it in my backpack. Well, the next day I'm in this room, There's 12 of us in the room, and George Bush is in here. He addresses us, and he gets down and starts working the crowd. And I said, Mr. President, would you sign my budget for me, your budget (laughs) for me? He goes, you have my budget? (laughs) Congress doesn't have my budget. So anyway, I take it out. He signs it. I come home a couple days later. I'm watching C-SPAN. And there it is on C-SPAN
0: of him signing up. <laughs> <my mother's. laughs>
2: I would have never been able to do that had I not been a legend. That's
0: great. That's a great story. I can picture his
3: face,
2: too. You have my budget. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what? How'd you get it? I go, Mitch. That was good. <laughs> I'm writing a book if I didn't say that. so uh, It's going to be some stories. Yeah, we'll Are some
1: there going to be, be any pictures of me wearing one of your sweatshirts from 27 years there, ago?
2: I looked at my archives. How old were you, Jeremiah?
1: Oh, 98? Fifteen? Yeah. Okay. I've been mean, about fifteen. No, ninety six. No. I've been thirteen. No, it, it had twelve, thirteen years old.
2: It might have been let because I was running for county assessor. That had been ninety four.
1: Yeah, probably ninety six. I think you were already county assessor.
2: Yeah, but I was running for re-election. Okay. That's when you were at. He was at the Smith Building with his sister, and they had their goats, and you had it said taxes on the. They had sideboards on the goats. Taxes got your goats. Saunders needs your vote. <laughs> I tried to find that. I'll put that in the book if I can. I, right. It's in the archive somewhere.
1: I'll, I'll help you identify the people. It'll either be, it'll be either be morals or fouls in that. Uh, I thought spec- it was both of you. It probably, I was, we are probably there together. But I I'll have to. We'll take the pictures and decide. I think the, they're the, not. They're probably so old. They're in black and white. So we're gonna. It's they, gonna be well, like looking at your pictures out of the. It was in
2: the front. Pa- it was on the front page of the Courier Times, if you remember.
1: I don't. Yeah. Man, we were, we were making moves back in the day. My kids will throw all this away. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to get the book out. Yeah. All right. Um, and we'll have to have you back to promote the book. That's just the way it's going to be when it, when it comes. Uh, Daryl Radford did his book on here. Well,
2: Daryl's helped.
1: Daryl's involved. That's good. I'm
2: Darryl. talking and he's right.
1: That's perfect. Anything else that we've left out, Tom? This is a chance for, to plug your well, book to whatever.
2: I'm humbled that the voters of this district sought to send me back to represent them for 26 years. I thank them for the honor. It has truly been an honor to represent them. And, you know, it's most of them have been cordial. We may not always agree, but we were always willing to sit down and talk about it and, and, and vote my conscience, and I tried to do that.
1: Very good. Well, we appreciate you very much. Thank you. Uh, Dakota, anything?
0: Um, I don't really have much. Um, I wanted to say that Chris Avery gave us the Jeff Gordon cutout, and it's been sitting over there underneath of the tables that were over there, but he's found a home. Um, there's a couple of things that I found a home in the studio. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my wife for making me some stickers for the studio. Those are really fun. I'll be putting a picture in the Patreon group. So if you you want to see what, the, you what, put, you what you put the a fun logo on up that. on
1: the door outside that has nothing to do with uh-huh. the show, further yep. confusing the issue of, of of people coming here and
0: wanting. Oh, to- uh, we're hoping to fix that. <laughs> you know, Mike Borla's make sure your ringers on. Need to put it on the air side now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that all the ambulances know to turn the sirens yeah. off as so they're going they by.
3: The air, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep all the Harleys from revving their engines. Oh, yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> Interrupting
1: live live programming. All well, right.
2: The dog quieted down.
1: It I did. Know. I think they killed it. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> what happened to the poor dog. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been. Uh oh. Mike says, Has somebody been smoking in the building? <sighs> Is he just starting? Is he just starting the show? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> He's, the if comments Pat's are coming, coming in now. We got. We did what? Well. We did all right. My <laughs> yeah. mom is correcting the record, saying that was the Fowl family's goat. We campaigned with y'all at the same time, but he, she thinks it was Christina Fowl, their uh, their youngest daughter. She was there, but there. there was also.
2: I think you're in the picture.
1: We all had goats too. I, yeah, I'd have to. I we'll look at it. Uh, you find I it, I we'll have figure to find it out. It, yeah, very good. All right, with that, we thank you guys very much. It's. Uh, I think we're back on Tuesday next week. Mm-hmm. It's our annual race week. So Dakota's going to make up an excuse not to be here and <laughs> <laughs> smell stormer brewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lightning storm of some sort and he's going to have to work on a substation in, uh, in Wayne wrong. County. Uh, but uh, I know we have Mike McCown coming back. I assume Blake, uh, Blake McCown will be here. Zach will be you're listening to the We Are uh, Libertarians
0: uh, Network. Network. Learn, Learn more at
1: wearelibertarians.com. With that, we will see you guys next Tuesday.